Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and join us today. As the name says, we are business creators. We have our entrepreneurs. We have our small business owners. We have our local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches, consultants, and mentors. We have those who help others create their businesses. And on the other side of the coin, we have the do-it-yourselfers who like to have your own hands on the levers as you market and grow. If you're one or more of the above, and in fact, many of our listeners who tune in every single week are all of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Take a moment right now, subscribe to us on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show or click the big button in the sidebar of our website. You want to make sure to do that so that you get the replay of this episode and every other episode in the future, in addition to immediate access to nearly 200 episodes going back over three and a half years covering some of the best and brightest in the areas of creating your business and all the topics related to that. Today, I want to dive right in because... The topic that we're going to cover today is something that you have demanded in my consulting practice and also just through a number of inquiries we get and a number of conversations I see in discussion groups I participate in and people who write into the Business Creators Radio Show. One of the big issues out there is how to get from startup mode to actually making money. And then there's another question, which is how do I make real money as a web designer? So what's very interesting is I have with us a very distinguished gentleman who's going to show us how to start making money by getting your business out of startup mode and focusing on the three things that actually matter, who has a story of how he went from being somebody who did $300 websites to doing $30,000 websites. I know a lot of our listeners um, are very interested in topics like this. I know at least a few of our devoted listeners who I communicate with regularly have web development firms or freelance web designers and would love to do a $30,000 website because, heck, with that, they could do five websites and have a very nice income every year. Wouldn't that be nice versus chasing 500 different squeeze pages and 14 different branding pages a month and, and constantly being in customer acquisition mode? Wouldn't it be cool to just dive deep into four or five big projects? And wouldn't it be really great to get from the point where you're talking about making money to the point where you're actually making money? To me, as a business creator, these are the kind of things I want to know. And I'm so glad today that we have with us Joe Kasherba. And let me just tell you a little bit about Joe. Uh, Not only is he from Pennsylvania, just like I am originally, uh, he is also somebody who grew the freelance web design business he started in high school into a digital agency with a virtual team and clients around the world. I kind of did the same thing, except I didn't start in high school. I started like 10 years later, and I shut mine down five years later. And part of the reason I think I might have shut mine down is because I didn't know Joe, Uh, because he's going to tell us something uh, that's very important here, which is how he went from building $300 websites to building $30,000 websites and managing six-figure digital advertising budgets for some of the largest manufacturing construction companies. A few of our listeners are in manufacturing and in construction. Tune in. Get your pen and pads, pet, pen, pad and pens out. Joe now advises and mentors other freelance web designers and digital agency owners on how to develop and scale their businesses. So, Joe, welcome aboard. Hey, thanks for having me, Adam. 
You bet, you bet. So what I'd like to do before we dive into some of the topics we said we were going to cover in the green room is I'd just like to ask you a little bit more about your own journey. Your bio kind of explains the what, but we'd like to get into a little bit is the why. Uh, you made this transition from having a basic web design business to having an agency business, and now you advise and mentor other freelancers and agency owners. So what was it that caused you and moved you along that journey to where you are today serving business creators? What was some of the brilliance and passion that led you to that place? Yeah, absolutely. So at the very beginning, I don't know how much brilliance there was. Um, <laughs> you know, basically what happened to – you know, the, being in web design was something I sort of fell into. I, right. The first, the first entrepreneurial thing that I ever did was I had a group of friends who had a band in high school, and they were playing at this restaurant, and I took my video camera and filmed them at this, you know, playing at this restaurant, and then I sold videotapes of that to their parents. Right. And that was my first entrepreneurial endeavor, and that uh-huh. from that I. From that, I had this idea to do a video production business, and so I, I learned how to build a website so that I could have a website for this video production business that I wanted to start. And what happened was nobody ever bought any video production services, The people started asking me about websites. And right. so that's how I ended up in websites. And, you know, the web design business was something I did on the side in high school and college, and then... At the end of college, you know, I, I graduated. I didn't have a job lined up, and, you know, the freelance web design business was sort of all I had. And so that's the point where I really doubled down and had to make that freelance business work. And right. it was maybe about six months after college that I reached the point of I couldn't do it all on my own, and I needed to start building a team, and I needed to start really building it into an agency. And that's when I sort of sort of went in that agency direction. And now right. about, about about two years ago, um, we reached the point where projects were being run by project managers. And to a large extent, a lot of business and projects run without me. And yeah. do, doing some coaching and consulting and some teaching was something that always really appealed to me and that I was passionate about. I always had this idea when I was little that I wanted to be a teacher. So that's when I had the idea to start working with other web designers and freelancers to help them build their businesses. Um, so it was about, about two years ago that I started that side of the business. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Uh, so, uh, you know what, let's dive right ahead here. Um, how did you go from selling $300 websites to $30,000 websites? I think you gave us a little bit of a hint, but tell us the formula. This is something that, people who saw you were going to be on a show have been demanding to know. Absolutely. Yeah, so certainly it was not something that happened overnight, although knowing what I know now, it could probably happen a lot quicker. The, the biggest right. thing was go. The biggest thing really was going from seeing myself as someone who built websites and provided web design as a service to see, seeing right. myself and my business as a problem solver who – would solve very specific problems for businesses um, I see. and very specific businesses. And, and so that's, that's probably the biggest thing. Everybody, you know, so many web designers specifically, they think of themselves as I build websites and I need to find people that want a website. 
but that doesn't sound very valuable compared to a business that has a very specific problem and you can go in and solve that problem via via web development, via digital marketing, and provide a ton of value to them um, that way. Right. Does that make sense? That make, that makes that makes a lot of sense uh, because I think that's a really big struggle, and I've seen a lot of people be really frustrated um, having web design companies where it feels like they're having a hard time realizing any sort of profit and it seems like uh it seems like they create these they go through this detailed bidding process they attempt to identify the entire project and get everything lined up just perfectly but then what ultimately happens they end up going over budget and ultimately giving their client a gift rather than making any money off of this so uh, when we see people doing these $300 sites, or even with, sometimes they're doing $3,000 sites, I'm familiar with how it's possible to lose money on a $3,000 site. So that's kind of what we want to help people with, I think. is, um, And I think that applies to agencies. I think that applies to business in general, is how do we make sure that uh, we're not underbidding? Uh, what are some of the tactics you use to make sure that uh, we <laughs> don't find ourselves doing slave labor, basically, despite our due diligence? Yeah, I think that I think the starting place of that is not being in a sort of competing on price situation in the first place. Right. You know, if you're if you're in a situation where a zillion other people are bidding and the 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 person picking, you know, the the, the potential client is picking based on price, you're in a bad you're in a bad way. Um, right. You really need to you really need to put yourself in a situation where somebody needs to get a problem solved and you are solving that problem and price really is not not what the decision is coming down to. Um, and, and that starts with your marketing and your messaging and everything, right? I, yeah. I see so many web designers where they're telling me about their, how they're tired of doing 300 or $500 websites and how nobody wants to to, to pay more and all this. And then I go to their website and the headline at the top of the website is affordable website. Right. So, right. So if the messaging, if, if, if the messaging that you're putting out is we do affordable websites, then you're going to attract people that want affordable websites. You want, that want right. a few hundred dollar website. So we need to be going out and, you know, the, the messaging on our website, the messaging in our marketing, the way we're talking to clients is always talking about, you know, what they're getting and what problems they're getting solved, what the results they're getting, not about that we're building them a website and not that we're that it's going to be affordable. That's the starting point is, is just yeah. understanding that piece. Right, right. So part of it is just in your own messaging, which is making sure that you're not doing something in your own marketing that you may think is value adding, but actually is positioning you as the low price bidder is what I'm hearing. Yeah, exactly. And attracts and attract the people it attracts the people that are looking for that. I mean there's there's businesses out there that, that want to get a website just to be able to check it off their list and they wanna they wanna not pay a whole lot or even they want to do it themselves. And then there are people out there with real there are businesses out there with real problems or with real things that they need. 
So right. I'll give you an example. You know, uh, one manufacturing company that we worked with um, was spending over a million dollars a year on basically these big printed-out binders of all of their different uh, products that they manufactured, and they were sending these binders out to different stores that sold all of their products. And they were spending a right. million dollars a year on these binders. It's nothing for them to pay thirty or forty or fifty thousand dollars for an online product catalog that that can replace those binders. And so, you know, that's an instance where they have a very painful problem that's costing them a ton of money. And so they're not looking for an affordable website, they're looking for a solution to that very specific, very tangible problem. Yeah, true. True, true, true. So I mean that so that's another thing too is, you know, focus on the problem that you want that uh, the people actually have. Uh, here's an example that uh, that came up for me is, as I mentioned on this call, and as many of our listeners know, I used to own a web development firm, and I had three designers working for me, and five virtual assistants, and the whole nine yards, and a partridge and a pear tree. And uh, I got out of it partially because um, I just wasn't seeing the profits I was looking for, and partially because you know what, it just was, wasn't what I wanted to be when I grew up. And you know what, that's perfectly fine. Uh, I mean, to each, to each their own, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, what I do offer to um, everybody listening is this one little story that shows how near the end of the game I discovered some of that, and then I took it with me as I moved on to my next adventure. Uh, Joe, back in your day, do you remember um, situations where you had clients um, who need, wanted the $300 website, and then they thought that uh, – they were going to get the content written for them too. Has that ever come up? Absolutely, absolutely. The, <laughs> those clients wanted all kinds of different things um, that they were a- anticipating, and and the, you know, ninety percent of the way through the project, they wanted it redesigned and they wanted it to be purple instead of pink, and everything, everything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been there, done that. So, um, so one of the so one of the things I kept so one of the things I kept running into is exactly that whole thing when it comes to the when it comes to the the content. Uh, they wanted to get it as low as possible, so they said they would submit their own content, and then they get really frustrated with uh, the process of creating content because you know how it is when it comes to creating web content or whenever you have to write something for your own business, you end up doing all your clients' work first, and then finally. Let me put it this way. Uh, you know how many garages have been cleaned and walls have been painted in the name of, I finally have time to write my website content? Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. So, uh, yes, so in I the do. end, uh, they, they would come to me and say, well, what do you mean I have to give you content? You know, this is after they had, they had uh, you know, five times blown their deadline to get their content to me. Uh, they say, well, I, th- I thought you were writing the content. They said, no, 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 no. Right here in the agreement that you keep uh, hammering when you wonder what's taking this so long, uh, you'll notice there's this bullet point right here that says all content is responsibility of client. So uh, one of the clients, one who was particularly in a spot here, he just got really exasperated and said, look, um, I'm never going to get this content done, so I might as well just cancel the project. Uh, now, how much, I mean, can you write the content for me? And I said, sure. And I gave him this really big number, which I thought was going to be pretty fair based on what I was what it was up against. And he said, uh, you know what, I don't have that kind of money, but uh, do you, uh, but what about if you could sort of like maybe spend an hour on the phone and 
coach me through it and then edit my stuff once I write it. And I said, sure, that's $2,500. Will that be uh, credit card or PayPal? And I ended up creating a new line of business out of that because there's a lot of people who can't afford a copywriter or just uh, don't want to go through the whole copywriting process because there's a lot that goes into hiring a copywriter, as I think you know. But they need, but they want somebody to help them develop their copy concepts. I like to say that most people have the copy they need for their website already inside them. They just need somebody to help them find it. So they create that service, and I charge uh, usually $2,500 for it, depending on the size of the job. There was a couple I did that were actually 5000 but what it involves is just a little bit of coaching, and I uh, give them an outline. They fill out the outline. I do some light editing, and uh, then they give it to their designer, pop it in, good to go. So even after I got out of web design, I still have a nice service that has helped get a lot of websites launched that otherwise might have sat there for an additional three months. So I think part of what the answer we're coming to here, Joe, is – uh, you know, don't just focus on the website, but focus on the problem being solved and what actually needs to be done to solve that problem. I've always said the website is a tool, not a goal. That's such, that's such a good example, and that's, you know, that right there is entrepreneurship. You know, it's identifying, you know, some problem or some issue and actually coming up with a solution for it. And right. You know, and so if we're to, if we're looking at you know, so far we've been sort of talking a little bit theoretically about solving problems rather than positioning yourself as selling websites and things. But if we want to talk right. about sort of nuts and bolts of how do you actually do this, yep, it's that's what you described. Next, Lead the way, my man. Yeah, absolutely. It's what you described. It's it's taking a look at all of your clients and picking a picking a problem and developing a solution for that, and then focusing on it. And so specifically what I recommend people do is I recommend people make a list of their top five to ten best clients they've ever had. And right. you make that list and then you, ask, you answer the question, one, why did that client work with you specifically? Two, why did you like them? You know, why are they on your your list of best clients, and number right. three, what was it that they actually wanted? Like, what was the outcome that they actually wanted or the problem that they all had, uh, problems they had? And right. when you go through that exercise, you end up, in, in most cases, seeing some really interesting things. And that's, that's how we sort of got this focus on, we do a lot of work for industrial and manufacturing companies, as well as a lot of construction companies, because I did, did that exact exercise and realized that all of our best clients were in a few of these industries and they all had similar problems and similar reasons for, for picking us. Um, right. And so you do that and, you know, maybe somebody would do that exercise and see that, you know, all of their best clients were roofing contractors. And yeah. Sometimes people have no idea about that. And so maybe they're roofing contractors that hired you because um, they wanted to show up at the top of Google. They, that might be what happened. And so now you can say, okay, I'm going to focus on roofing contractors and I'm going to focus on getting them to the top of Google and getting them more roofing jobs because that was specifically, you know, they wanted to show up on Google to get roofing jobs. And now you can design yep. a solution. So you're not just selling websites. You actually put together a package or a few different packages, a few different offerings for those roofing contractors 
that are exactly what they need. If those roofing contractors don't like doing content, you provide the content. If they don't like, you know, if they want um, if they want to show up on Google, then you include search engine optimization. You develop an offering that is exactly what that specific kind of client, uh, which is your best client, wants, and then you go out and you do marketing. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and that's a great way of looking retrospectively. But let's rewind a bit. And let's look at the person who um, is still at that point where they're just getting started with the $300 jobs, whether it's websites or social media management or anything. They could be selling widgets. doesn't matter. So they're, or, they're, or they're just in startup mode. So what are a few strategies that somebody could use to get their first few clients? You would do the same thing, only it would be a little bit theoretical in that, you look at what industries do I know? What, um, you know, everybody, so, so many times people tell me, oh, I don't know any industries, or I don't know anything about roofing, or I don't know anything about restaurants, or I don't know anything about anything. But if you talk to them enough, they'll, they'll tell you something like, hey, I worked at a restaurant, you know, for years in college, or my parents owned a roofing business, or, right. you know, something happened. They end up having some, some experience in some industry. Not a ton of experience, but just enough to understand what those kinds of clients are looking for and what they need. And so you, you do that, and then you, you know, that's where you start instead of with, you know, your top favorite clients because you don't have clients yet. But then you do, you do the same thing. You develop that offer. You develop that package that makes sense for whoever that kind of client is. Um, right. It's the same. You have to start somewhere. You have to sort of pick an ideal client, pick a special specialization, develop an offering, you know, packaged sort of a productized offering around that, that, that ideal client or that specialization, and then you go after it, and then you adjust courses necessary. You know, if you, if you pitch that to a bunch of people and they don't want it, then you adjust it a little bit until you find that right fit. Right. Right. And I think, and I think that's very important to bear in mind is um, I see people who – Basically, you know, mid, you know, meeting and committee and plan their startup right into the ground. And what I'm hearing from you, Joe, is get the best clarity you can. But above all, try something. Because you might say, yeah, I'd love to work with roofers but, uh, or, or work with uh, construction or what have you. But until you actually get out and work with some, how do you know for sure? Absolutely. And I, I always feel so bad because we'll, I'll talk to people um, – who have been planning out their web design agency? They, you know, they, you know, they have jobs. They haven't started their agency. They've been planning it for years, and uh-huh. I'm not even sure what they're planning. They're still thinking about the name or something. And really, you just need to get out there and get into business and adjust courses necessary. You know the right. You know this this new business where where um, we're doing sort of consulting and coaching and some information products for web designers, basically the way I started that piece is I run, ran some ads on Facebook offering a free, a free uh, strategy session with web designers, and I didn't even have a product to sell them or anything to offer them. I just ran Facebook ads and scheduled 10, 10 or 20 different meetings and just started talking to people, seeing what they might be interested in, seeing what problems they had, that kind of thing, before I even had anything to sell because step one is just to get out there and start talking to people. And 
the first couple things that we offered for sale, the first couple sort of information products and courses and things we offered didn't work at all. And this is an industry that obviously I know a lot about. Um, but even even in something like that, there was a still a lot of course correction and sort of um, molding that had to happen until we got a, a course and a program that, that really was resonated with the with the client. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, you you hit on something that's uh that's very important, which is to actually speak with people. And you know, uh the technology that's out there today makes it so easy to get people on the phone with you because what I hear from our audience and what I hear from the voice in my own head is why well, don't want people just calling me up nilly-willy? So uh, the, the recommendation that I have, and I want to get your thoughts on this, is to sort of run a campaign around getting people on the phone. So let's say, you know, Joe, right now I'm somebody who just wants to start out. I want to start a new business or I want to get a bunch of new clients in right now. And I have a goal of getting 10 people on the phone because I want to get five new clients minimum. Uh, take me through step-by-step step how I would do that. So, yeah, assuming you're in a situation where you don't have, you know, a large marketing budget to spend on paid advertising or anything, um, I would basically make a list of, I would start with a list of 100 people who are the kind of people that you want to, right, as your potential clients, you know, whether it's, right. you know, restaurant owners or roofing contractors or whoever. Make a list of 100 of them. Develop an email basically saying, hey, I wanted to get in touch, and I'm looking to, you know, offer this this sort of solution to people, and I'd love to just jump on a, a quick call with you for a quick few-minute call. Um, and I basically send that out to 100 people and see what response I get. If you get a good response, then you then you obviously have have a good email that works. And you keep sending it out until you get you've gotten enough people on the phone. If you don't get a response, then you correct course. You retool that email template a little bit. You try something different. Different. You try a different subject line and send out another hundred and see how that goes. And you keep doing that until you get the right sort of the right email template and the right subject line and everything. And then you then once you sort of get that right that right thing then you can keep sending that out until you get your appointments and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, but really it's a pretty simple email uh, as you describe the formula. It's basically you have this thing you want to try out, and uh, you're wondering if they just had a few quick minutes to uh, – I mean, do you phrase it as asking a few questions or go over a few things? How exactly do you phrase that? I would say um, – well, I guess if you if you were totally starting out from, from scratch and just looking to get the – get those calls in, less concerned about selling. Yep. I would just say that um, you were asked, looking to ask some questions or looking for some feedback on things. Looking for some feedback yeah. on some things. Totally, you know, non, uh, sort of non-threatening, that kind of thing. Okay, okay, yeah. So basically you're just saying, um, I'm reaching out to you. Uh, I feel that you are a subject matter expert. I mean, you don't use all this long words, but this is the message. I'm reaching out to you. I feel you're a subject matter expert. I really want to get started. Do you have just a quick minute for me to get some feedback from you? Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be perfect. And the the key, though, is that you want to send it out. You know, the mistake people will make is they'll make a list of 10 people in email. You want to make a big right. list and get it out there 
because you don't want to be discouraged when you send three of those emails or ten of those emails, you don't get response. Right, 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 right. Like, you know, I, I coach people to do the same thing, and uh, I usually say something like, 50 or 100, I mean, it just depends on what they have to carry. But I never say just do 10. I say do 100 or do 50 if all they have is 50. But get them all out there. And uh, what I normally do, and let me get your thoughts on this, Joe, is I tell them to send them all at the same time. And if that means you have to deal with 15 calls over the next few weeks, that means you're probably getting seven new clients over the next few, few weeks. So I wouldn't count that as a bad thing. But the fact is you put a lot out and that increases the chance you're going to get the momentum of seeing a few responses come back relatively quickly. Yes, absolutely. Get them out. Get them out ASAP. You know, right. The biggest... right. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, so basically uh, what you're saying is just, you know, sit down, uh, you know, decide, you know, I have about 90 minutes right here. I know I'm basically just sending out this exact same language, so i got to copy-paste it and put – Dear Joe or dear Melissa or dear uh, Rajiv or whatever have you at the top of it and just get all those out and just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, five, a hundred things in my sent items. And what I tell people is you do that and you sit down and you just hammer out a hundred emails all at once and just don't stop, you know, don't look at your social media, don't do send receive, just keep sending emails, sending emails, sending emails. You'll probably have a couple positive responses by the time you have those hundred emails out. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. With an email like that, you absolutely will. Yeah. So I'm yeah, so I'm all in favor of that. Uh, what is your thought? Uh, Joe, on using webinars as a way of getting people onto consult sessions. I lately have been attending a lot of webinars where the the pitch or the call to action is sign up uh, for a consulting session with me. Um, have you seen that work as well? That's actually for for that business. Uh, we're working with other web designers and agency owners. That is our main uh, marketing funnel. Facebook ads okay. to to a webinar that offers a. a a free, a free strategy session. Work. Right, right. And that's, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I'm just so excited about this topic because I know so many of our people are asking for it. Um, yeah, so basically we're sending them to a webinar, and then the webinar pitches them into a strategy session. That, that's brilliant. Now, these are, now, are you doing these webinars um, live each time, or do you just do a really good autopilot webinar? We do some of both. We, we do some okay. of both going. Um you know, we have ads running that go to a to a, to a recorded webinar as well as then um, we'll do live webinars periodically. Um, right. And, and and it works so well because you know you you have this opportunity to give somebody a ton of value. You know, you, our webinars are usually an hour and a half with a ton of value and specific examples. And then you're not even offering you're not even offering anything for sale at the end. You're offering a a free strategy session where they can jump on the phone with you and that kind of thing. And it, it works really, really well. Um, yeah, it's just awesome. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so between the two, and maybe there is no one right answer here, because uh, I, I know that what's ringing in some of my listeners' ears right now is, ooh, 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 I want to get a really good autopilot webinar because I don't feel like doing webinars every week. Um, they're they're thinking that you know they're thinking uh, what are some of the components that need to be in my autopilot webinar because the person knows that they're watching something that's pre-recorded and they also maybe think to themselves well you know what it's pre-recorded I'm sure Joe will run it tomorrow the next day and the day after 
So what needs to be in it for them to sit there and watch that webinar now? So a couple things. You know, one thing you mentioned was people, you know, liking the idea of doing an, an automated webinar versus a live one. And I definitely think it's important, it's important for people to start with live ones. We did live ones for, I don't know, probably six months until we ever put together anything that was automated because we were adjusting the webinar. We were seeing what worked, you know, what information people find found, found valuable, what questions they had, you know, what exact call to action worked for them. So, you know, if you just go straight to an hour-and-a-half recorded webinar without ever doing live, you're probably going to be disappointed by how that works. Right. Um, you know, it's an important piece. Um, you know, and it's funny. We're all, we, we keep coming to back to this whole thing of, you know, going out into the market, getting feedback, and sort of iterating rather than just expecting that first thing that you do to be perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all. That's also that's also very true, and that's uh, something I I often have to coach my own clients through because they'll try something because they because somebody told them, oh yeah, I did this and I uh, and I made eighty thousand dollars off this one strategy. So my client will do it one time and they'll make twelve thousand dollars. And they'll but but that wasn't eighty thousand dollars. This was a complete waste of time. We should have never have listened to them after one time. Exactly. Don't think so. Exactly Don't think right. so. <laughs> Don't think so. What I what I say is okay. So you were looking for eighty thousand dollars off this strategy, and so far you've made twelve thousand by my account. Twelve twenty four thirty six forty eight sixty seventy two. You're about uh, seventeen or eighteen percent of the way there. Uh, so what did you learn from that first webinar, that first time you did this strategy with your client? Uh, how can you apply that again so that you can turn that into twenty five thousand dollars? Uh, or moving on, moving on forward. Uh, so I want to thank you for raising that point. Is if somebody thinks they're just going to sit down and bang out one really good autopilot webinar, they're kind of wasting their time. Absolutely, and that's and it, 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 you know everything you described is exactly right. It's always you know people want things to work immediately, and they don't see the, the testing and optimization that happens you know in the background to get something that works. And right. you have to be prepared for that that piece. Um, and I, I like to say, I, I always use the example of if I go out golfing, there's basically a 0% chance that I'm going to hit a hole in one. Right? I could go to every hole and try to hit a hole in one, and I'm not going to get one. Right? So I could create 10 automated webinars aimed at different industries, sort of just random shots in the dark, Probably none of them are going to work. But if I'm at the golf course and I hit it and then I go and I hit it again and I hit it again and I hit it four or five times, there's almost a 100% chance I'm going to get it in the hole if I keep correcting course and take a few strokes. And that's how right. these webinars work. If, if you actually commit to, you know, the, that kind of ideal client you're targeting and that thing, you know, that general product or service you're offering – and you keep adjusting course and, and sort of modifying it as necessary, very high uh, probability of success compared to just trying random shots in the dark expecting them to work. Exact, exact, exactly. So, yeah, that's absolutely right. So another thing that I caution people against is, 
if you're going for the autopilot webinar, if you spend weeks and weeks and weeks just, you know, rehearsing and redoing and practicing this autopilot webinar over and over and over again, you're really never going to get it done because it's not really going to ever be a good autopilot webinar until you do a few live ones and really catch your stride. So my advice to people is always get together what you feel is a good webinar. Study your best practices, rehearse a couple times, do a really good PowerPoint deck, maybe do a dry rehearsal or two with your assistant or something, and then get out there and let the audience and let the market respond to it. Exactly. And you have no idea what, you know, people, people overestimate their ability to predict what the market is going to think about something. Right. You know, there, there's been so many times where I've put up a landing page or I've put up a different ad and I thought, man, this ad's good. Or, this landing page is going to convert really well. And it doesn't. <laughs> right? Famous last words, my friend. Famous last words. Yeah. It, and it just doesn't. And the thing, the last one that's, you know, that junky landing page that you threw up real quickly beats beats the new one that you spent 10 hours on. And that happens all the time. And so you really just got to, you almost have to turn off that sort of thinking, analyzing part of your brain sometimes and just test something. Just get it out there and test and experiment and see what happens. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you're, at, you're absolutely right about that. So, um, so, again, thank you for bringing that to my attention. I mean, sometimes I'll do a webinar just because I need content for a blog or, I'm, or, or like as I finish up my book that I'm working on, there's a couple chapters I realized after getting most of it together I need to fill in. So, you know, I'm doing a couple interviews just so I can get some record, so I can get interviewed on that topic, get the words out, and get it transcribed. So that way I don't have to sit there thinking, tap, 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 I need this content. What was I thinking the other day in the grocery store aisle? Because I find it's more effective when somebody interviews me, just like my content coaching package. $2,500 is a steal if I can get somebody to recognize, and I've said this every time and I've always been proven right, that if you're listening out there and your website is stuck, because you can't get that content together and you can't or won't work with a copywriter, you already have 90% of that content, either in your head or in things you've already created. You just need to sit down with somebody and pull it together. That's solving a problem. Absolutely. That's my, that's my thought on it. So, um, so what I'd like to do, actually, and I know it seems like we're going in a couple different directions, but I realize – I forgot to ask something here. Before we move on to um, returning on investment with uh, AdWords, we're going to talk about that, and we're also going to talk about some virtual teams and things like that. As I said, this is going to be a wide-ranging interview. Um, you have these people who are web designers. Uh, maybe they're the $300 web design firm. Maybe they're the $30,000 web design firm. How do they compete with do-it-yourself website builders? You've got Squarespace. You've got Wix. You've got Weebly. How do they compete with free? Yeah, that's such a good question, and it's a funny one because um, yeah, that's what everybody asks me, that's what web designers ask me, but so much of the time, it's really, you know, so many businesses out there have no interest in using those, and, and, and I think it's two pieces. One, it comes back to what we talked about before, about positioning yourself as the, the solver of a particular problem, as opposed to the builder of a website, you know. We've gotten to the point where hiring a web designer 
is no longer the easiest or cheapest way to get a website. It just isn't, right? Right. You know, you used, it used to be, right, if, if I just wanted to get a website to check it off the list, I needed to hire somebody to do that and pay them $500,000. But now yeah. the easiest way to do it is to go, go to Wix or Squarespace and do it myself. So we have to stop selling websites and we have to start, start offering solutions and results to people that want solutions and want results. Um, and the other thing is to realize that, you know, there's other things that, that are happening in the web design market. So everybody sees all these businesses that are, that are doing Wix and Squarespace and thinks everybody just wants to do it themselves anymore. But what's really right. happening in the web design market is that businesses are becoming more sophisticated. So to a large extent, the businesses that are doing it themselves with Wix or Squarespace now are the businesses that five or ten years ago wouldn't have had any website at all, right? Right. They didn't have any website at all, and now they are they realize they need to get a website to check it off the list. They're doing it with Wix. And that's happening yeah. at the other, other end of the market. The businesses that five or ten years ago paid somebody $500 or $1,000 to do the website, they're getting more sophisticated also, and those are the businesses that are now ready to use the Internet to grow their business and to solve problems. So those are the businesses that are ready to do digital marketing and ready for a serious website. Um, right. A, a really great example of that was one of the, the companies I worked with in college was a construction company that I did a, I did a website for them as a construction company. I think it was about $700 um, for a pretty right. basic website. They just wanted to get it built. Well, last year, we built them, we built them a new website for $5,000 because they were ready for a website that was going to generate leads and was search engine optimized and had, you know, there was a specific goal in mind of generating a specific kind of lead. But, you know, somebody went from paying $700 for a website to a few years later paying $5,000 for a website because sort of that business owner's sophistication changed over that period of time. Right. Yeah, you know, you, you, know, you raise a really good point there. I mean, uh, we also have to look at where the business is in terms of their development. Uh, they may not be ready for the $5,000 website yet. So I want to make sure our listeners hear this too, is if you want to do the higher-end websites, you've got to look at where that business is because a lot of businesses out there just need a website, and it's going to be a hell of a time um, justifying to them why they should spend $30,000 on a website, especially if they're just starting out and haven't really done a whole lot of the market testing. I mean, I wouldn't pay $30,000 for a website if I wasn't 100% sure where my market is. I'd, uh, I'd pay $1,000 for a nice three-page website that allows people to discover what my company's all about, maybe with a blog function so I can develop content. But that's as far as I'm going, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. There's people all sort of all different places. I think a good example, a good sort of parallel is um, with LegalZoom in the legal industry, right? I can go on LegalZoom and print out a LLC operating agreement or bylaws for a corporation or something for a couple hundred bucks. Um, right. But the people that are, but that doesn't mean that lawyers are out of business, Right. And and the thing is that the people right. who are going on LegalZoom and paying $200 for an LLC operating agreement, those are not the people that without LegalZoom 
would have paid a lawyer ten grand to do that. Those are the people exactly. that would have just right. They're not those same people. They were those are the kind of right. people that would have operated as a sole proprietorship or a general partnership with no LLC if it wasn't for LegalZoom. Right. So it's it's, a, it's sort of a parallel thing. Yeah, yeah. You got to th- you got you got you have to think about things. You have to think about things like that. Very you know, very important um, as you're de- developing who your people are. Because you're right, and LegalZoom is a great example. Um, somebody who's looking to um, you know do a like a very detailed lawsuit or something like that probably it's not going to work with LegalZoom. They're going to hire um, a high-end attorney that has a specialty niche. But if we're doing something like setting up an LLC or if they uh, need somebody a, you know, a nicely worded letter to scare them off or something like that, LegalZoom can do that for them. Exactly. Right. Yeah, so, that, so that's, that's what to think about. So that's how web designers compete with the do-it-yourselfers is you have to think about where that business is and accept the fact that a lot of businesses will do just fine with a Squarespace website because that's what they need now. So focus on the businesses that have moved beyond Squarespace and now need the $30,000 enterprise solution is what I'm gathering. Yeah, and, and the, you know, not all the websites we've built are $30,000. We do a lot of websites for 10 or even as low as 5. 5 is about sort of our starting point. Uh, 5,000 is our starting uh, point for sort of a basic site. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's people all across the, the board with different needs, and I'm always totally honest with people. If, I, if I'm talking to somebody, I'll tell them, and, and they ask something like, why, why shouldn't I go with Wix? You know, you know, I won't hide that they could go and build their website themselves for free. I'll be totally honest, right. with, them about, honest with them about that that is an option. Yeah. Yeah, and, there, and there's nothing wrong with being honest like that because uh, what I've learned over the years is um, your no creates somebody else's yes, so you're doing yourself a favor, and you need to say no to success, which means say no to anything that's in the way of your goal. If your goal is to do volume business on $500 websites, then say yes. If your goal is to do um, agency-level work with $30,000 uh, marketing plans that include a website, then say no to the $500 stuff. You just don't need it, and nor do you need to necessarily have a subdivision that handles that stuff. Yeah, and, and what's, what's so funny, I, you know, we run a lot of ads on Facebook to get people to our webinars and, and, and everything like that. And I'll often have comments on those Facebook ads from people saying, Man, are you you know are you ripping people off, charging you know these kind of prices for websites and things like that? And they'll, they'll comment on these Facebook ads, and what they don't understand is that there's no pulling any wool over anybody's eyes and saying oh they need to spend thirty grand on a website. It's total honesty about they could go to Wix if they need, but that's not what that particular business needs. Um, right. You know it's 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 a totally different animal. Right, exactly. Very true. So I think this would be a good time to transition into um, one of our topics, which is virtual teams. So we need virtual teams, uh, especially if we're doing agency work. So let's start with the open-ended question and move our way more specifically. What are some of Joe's tips for building and working with a virtual team effectively? Absolutely. So the number one thing or sort of mistake I see is 
I see all the time web designers will tell me, man, it's so hard to find contractors, and they always need so much direction, and they never know what to do, and blah, blah, blah. Well, uh -huh. the, the first step before you hire any contractors or bring anybody in is that you need to have a very specific picture of these are the kind of clients we work with, these are the kind of services we offer, and, and everything like that. If you're offering every conceivable service and every arrangement with every client's different, there's no way you can bring other people in. Right. right? You, can't, you can't bring a contractor in and one day they're building a WordPress website and the next day they're building something custom with PHP and the next day they're building a Shopify website. It's going to be a mess and it's not going to be the contractor's fault. It's going to be your fault. Right. So you have to get clear about that and get clear about I'm doing only WordPress websites and I'm, you know, I'm using this starter theme or I'm building them custom or like this is the process that we're doing and this is the service we're offering and I need a yeah. contractor that can do this very specific thing. So that's yeah, Exactly. I'm with you. I'm with you. So that's step one. You know, you have to get that in order. And then, and then that's what it is. You, you figure out sort of your, your process or the different phases that your projects go through, and then you bite one of them off at a time. You don't hire somebody who's going to build your whole, whole website for you. You figure out one particular slice that you can hand off. Yes. The, fir the first contractors that, that we started working with were, I found a company that did, um, We've never used, like, WordPress themes off the shelf. We've always designed them in Photoshop and then built a theme from that. And the first contractors we ever hired were people – I found a company that, for a couple hundred bucks, would take a Photoshop design and convert it into a WordPress theme. And that's okay. all they did. They just did that one slice. And so uh -huh. that was – that company was the first contractor um, that we ever worked with because – they did that one slice, and so everything else about the project stayed the same. I was doing it all myself, but that one slice was handed off. Then I looked exactly. at for what's the next slice I'm going to hand off. And so you go slice by slice, um, handing it off to people. And if you do that, you can really free up your time. If you, if, you, if you approach it by trying to hand off too much at once, you'll get overwhelmed. It won't actually happen. Right, very true. So, I mean, I think that's very key, too, is understanding the specialties. And uh, as I always counsel people, don't look for a one-stop shop necessarily. In fact, I've given speeches where I've said, if you're looking to expand your virtual team, don't try and get one person or one organization to do it all. Now, my usual reason is uh, because what happens if that one company goes out of business or you have a falling out with them or something like that. But I know I work with two companies that could be classified as online business management firms or virtual assistant firms, whatever they call themselves. And the reason I work with two, and they both know about each other, is because they're both great at what they do, but they do different things better. So having the two of them together as a mix. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's how when you switch to um, – when you switch to contractors, you can end up with, um, you know, services, you know, the services you're providing to clients being a lot better than they were before because, you know, you can't be the expert at, you know, the very best at absolutely everything, but you can find 
an absolutely world-class rock star person who does one particular thing. Right. That's, that's, that's very true. So, uh, you know, we're actually getting near the top of the hour. We have about eight minutes left. So I want to spend a minute or two on effective advertising. But I also uh, want to make sure we dive into this virtual team thing just a little bit more. Um, so uh, what I've also discovered is when you're working with a virtual team of people, that in many cases they own their own businesses. And as it should be, their own stuff is always going to come first. And you as the clients are usually going to come second. That's as it should be. But I find that the most effective way to overcome that is to become a client that they love working with so much that they'll actually jump out, in the bed, jump out of bed in the morning thinking about you. So what are some of Joe's tips for being that awesome freaking client that they just can't wait to work with? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a really a good point because you are, you are in a situation where you're competing for their time. Right. Number one, which is the sort of the simplest thing, is you always pay them immediately, right? Right. You don't, you never, you know, you know, the clients that are slow to pay, you're just not as excited to work for. And so, uh -huh. you know, as a rule, I, I pay them the, you know, the very second I get their invoice or the very second that, you know, if I'm, some of them I'm on a per project basis thing and I'm doing half at the beginning, half at the end, it's always paid. There's no, there's never any delay on that. Just that alone will, will set you apart. Um, you know, sort of that's step one. And then, you know, step two is um, you want to pay them. You don't want to squeeze them for the, the lowest possible price and everything. You want to pay them an amount, right. so whatever that is, that, that you know, they're, they're happy to work for because you'll get much more out of them than, um, than being somebody who's not paying them a lot that they're always looking to replace. They're always looking to replace that income. Right. Oh, uh, last one. Right. Last one. I'll give you is proactively. This one I actually got from my dad. Uh, proactively giving them raises and increases in what you're paying them. You know, doing it right. on a proactive basis before they're asking for it. Yeah, ab 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 absolutely. So, um, so my uh, so my question is uh, here, uh, or something I want to point out that you mentioned is. You uh, you brought to the fore that you want to be you want to pay on time. And I remember I was on a I was on a coaching call once where the person leading the call said, uh, if you have a company you're working with, like you have somebody on your virtual team, and uh, you're responsible for a significant amount of their time, you should be looking for a discount, saying, hey, look, I'm responsible for a big piece of your pie here, and I'm giving you lots of hours, so uh, so I'd like you to you know. You know, first of all, give me a discount, and second of all, make sure I come first. Um, I quit that program the next day. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's ridiculous. Uh, that I mean, that that's just that's just absolutely absolutely obscene. Uh, so uh, I mean, I you know, as I as I always say, uh, if you have somebody and you want to you know have that much of a mortgage on their time, you want to actually actually. You want to pay them more. The reason being is you are their you are their top client and you have a big mortgage on their time. And since you want them to swim to you naturally, when they find themselves in cash flow mode, like hey, I'm running a little short on my billables and I need to put some money in the bank fast, they're naturally going to gravitate to where their best money is 
located, which means the higher rate. That's just the way of the world. Yes, yes, yes. Because if you're not in that situation, you're always in the situation where they are looking to replace that. Right? If they're not happy, yes. they're looking to replace you. And right. And you know, to to, to somebody who's not hired people, um, it may look like, man, I can go on Upwork and there's an infinite number of developers and there's an infinite number of virtual assistants and all that stuff. But the reality right. of being in business is that those good people, those those A, you know, those A players that you really want to work with, work with long term, are few and far between. Or um, you really want to hang on to them when you find them. And it's really right. not like there's an infinite number of people you can just swap them out for. Exactly. Exactly. So we have uh, just a few moments left here, and uh, actually we have about three minutes. This time has really flown. Uh, so we have about one minute for this. Um, I knew it wasn't the biggest thing, but what are some of the tips for generating return on investment with advertising, whether it's Facebook ads, Google AdWords, or what have you? So that's something we can at least touch on here in the time we have left. Um, let's see. Biggest uh, piece of information I can provide is that you want to be really targeted in terms of who you're going after, what you're offering. A you know, very specific focus, and then you run tests and you optimize what we've been talking about with everything. You you get some right. clicks to your landing page, see if it's converting. If it's not, you retool the landing page and you get some more clicks. You don't expect the first ad, the first landing page to work. You keep iterating, iterating until you find that thing that does work, and you scale up from there. Yes. All right. So uh, that's uh, that's just something to think about. Now, uh, we are near the top of the hour here, and, you know, Joe, this has been very fast-paced, and I know that we probably could have talked about a lot more. We may have to have you back sometime to fill in some blanks here, if you'd be willing. But in the meantime, uh, let's turn over the floor to you for just one minute. Sounds like you have a very unique way that you serve business creators and how business creators can engage with you. So just tell us a little bit about that for anybody who's ready to take the next step. Yeah, absolutely. On the on the agency side, if you're a business that would like done for you digital marketing or web design services, you can go to kishervawebdesign.com and I'd love to do a consultation with you and figure out you know, what your needs are and whether it be a good fit to work together. And then if you're a web designer right. or a freelancer or an agency owner, you can go to joekishurva.com and you can actually watch, you can register for our next uh, webinar, watch that and you know, jump on a strategy session with me if you'd like to do that then. Oh, sounds great. Sounds great. Well, Joe, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Um, this has been an honor and an education. And for everybody, um, you know, we had uh, Joe Kasherba of KasherbaWebDesign.com and JoeKasherba.com. Joe, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks so much for having me. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.BusinessCreators.com radioshow.com and on iTunes where we help you win at the game of business and marketing until next time have a great day take care see ya bye now